Welcome to the Elite Coach Podcast, the podcast designed to give personal trainers and online coaches the tools they need to be more confident when taking on new clients, increase client retention by delivering a five-star service, and improve client results through their ability to apply the science to the clients. And if you want more free resources to help you along the way, head over to my Instagram page, at Jawade Graham Coach, where you'll be able to get more insights, tips, and guidance on becoming a better trainer faster. But for now, let's get on with the show. In this episode, going to speak about my biases in relation to programming and exercise and how it impacted my client journey. I'm then going to touch upon the term giving value and explore why, in my opinion, that's overrated. And last but not least, we're going to discuss filming clients in the gym, the how, whys and whens, if that's something that you want to do. But First of all, let's go on with biases. So I've been in the industry a little while now, long enough to collect some ways of thinking and bias that don't always align with the best experience for my clients and in the early days, the best experience for myself. And the one specific example that springs to mind is when it comes to training. So I went through a long phase of doing the basics in my own training, which is, of course, squat bench and deadlifts and the bench press personally didn't have the outcome that I wanted and I've spoken about my shoulder issues in the past so I won't go into the details here but what that experience did for me was create a bias that the bench press wasn't a good exercise for me and inadvertently that meant it wasn't a great exercise for my clients either and this line of thought over time spilled over into the squat deadlift and literally any other free weight movement and it took me a while to realize that I developed a bias against any exercise that wasn't locked in with a restraint and a fixed path so the majority of my programs didn't have any form of squat bench or deadlift at least in the first phase And while a lot of the time I could easily explain and justify this, especially when training beginner clients, I lost a part of my process where I questioned every decision I make and I started to run on autopilot. Now, what this did, looking back, was take away from a client experience, especially those clients that came in with the specific goal of squatting, benching and deadlifting. Essentially, it took away a part of the personal from personal training to the point where a client's goal was great as long as it aligned with my belief system. And if it doesn't, well, that's where I'd find the research, my experience or whatever else necessary to back up my train of thought. And Because I'm now aware of it, it's something that I've programmed into my process of program design. So now when I have a client's program, I specifically ask myself the question, is this program written with any bias? And is my decision making moving the client toward their goal? And when designing a program over the weekend, it got me thinking about the industry as a whole. And there's a misconception that as soon as you're qualified as a personal trainer, you should know everything. And when you don't know everything, there can be the pressure to speak upon things that you don't have complete understanding of. And when you start to speak on those things, you can start to develop biases. Or when you don't know everything, you go and learn. 
But sometimes the first thing that you learn that actually works, if you're not careful, can start to cloud your better judgment and shift your belief system to this thing must work for everybody. If that happens, you might start applying it to everyone and lo and behold, you'll only start to remember the times that it's worked and the times where it doesn't, it's the fault of something else. So it might be your client not wanting it enough or something else that's completely out of your control. But if you take a step back and start to question your own assumptions and biases, it will keep you in moving in the right direction and delivering a better service for your clients or at least a service that's to the best of your current ability. And I found for me that's something that happened in the early days. I started delving a little bit more into biomechanics. I saw the benefits of having the majority of people, having some people in a fixed machine with a fixed path of movement where only certain joints are moving and there was a success in I've not going not not got any knee pain anymore not got any back pain and seeing this success over time led me to the bias of these exercises or this pool of exercises is the best for everybody and it's only when I took a step back that I started to think, hang on, am I delivering what this client wants? And is my bias negatively impacting the client journey? Unless you've been hiding under a rock, you've come across the term providing value, whether it's on your latest business course, whether it's a mentor giving advice on Instagram, or somebody's latest marketing email detailing their strategy to get you a 10k month. But what the hell does providing value mean? For me, it's a term that's become overrated because people use it too broadly without clear context. It's essential to define the specific value you want to give because that will save you a lot of time potentially and resource when your idea of value doesn't align with your clients or your potential clients. The term value means nothing without application. But let me give you some context. So my niche is personal trainers and the value I provide may go a little more down the rabbit hole in terms of anatomy and exercise. But that's okay because that's what my audience expects from me. That's something that my audience can take into their everyday lives. For you, value may be different. Your clients won't likely care about the science behind why 10 sets is optimal for hypertrophy. They just want to lose 10 kilos and look good in a bikini. Value for them might be a conversation explaining explaining their weight fluctuation in relation to their cycle, which breaks their all or nothing mindset. We perceive value as giving, giving, giving. More resources, more things to do, more tasks, essentially anything that takes away from what's important. It's kind of why when I see coaches that create vaults with hours of educational videos that their clients will never watch because it takes away from their family time after a long day of work. The real value in that scenario might lie in tweaking their workout to make it 45 minutes instead of 60 because that extra 15 minutes could be spent playing with their child. Value for me isn't about being busier or doing more. It's giving or getting the outcome I want with the least amount of friction. Essentially, value is about giving less while giving more. This is something I've spoken about before and I'll probably speak about again because it comes down to personal and professional standards. If you want to be the trainer that's always full, that's known for getting results and that charges premium, your service needs to reflect that. Now, most people these days know that being on your phone during sessions is a no-no because it shows a lack of care and attention, but I'd like to extend that to filming your client's exercises during sessions. 
Now, I get there's a reason why you'd like to see a, re- a recording of your clients working out. It's a form of assessment and reassessment. But if you do want to see that, there's a way to go about it. Just like having your phone in your hand scrolling on Instagram shows a lack of care and attention, so does having your phone in your hand recording their set. How do you give a spot if your client needs? How do you give an effective cue or provide any of a value if your phone is in your hand? This is before you think about what it looks like for every other gym goer and the people that see it on your story. If your phone is out to assess form and technique, there are better ways to do that. If it's for marketing purposes to show how many clients you have, there are better ways to do that. If you're filming to improve the level of feedback and value to your clients, great. Take the same tripod that you use to film your own workouts and place it somewhere that gives you the viewpoint you need to analyse the exercise. Because what this does is allow you to be there if anything goes wrong during a set. It allows you to provide feedback in real time instead of analysing through a screen and it gives you the ability to revisit post-session and review anything you might have missed. So when it comes to developing your coaching eye, yes, it can be a great tool. And from a marketing perspective, it shows all the other members of your facility, the same members who will likely become clients before Jane does from Facebook, that you actually care about the person in front of you. And if you don't have a tripod or find it too time consuming to keep moving and get in the right angle, I recommend you put the phone down altogether and literally just train your clients. That's it for this episode of the Elite Coach Podcast. Remember, if you like what you heard in this episode, head over to my Instagram page for more help becoming a better coach. And it would be great if you left a rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcast, whichever platform you're tuned in from. But until next time...